You're listening to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast, episode number five. Hello, thanks again for tuning in to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast. It's Jerry Bolfin again here, water treatment contractor and WQA certified master water specialist. Hope you're having a great day wherever you're listening. In this series of podcasts, I'm giving useful easy to follow tips and information all about well water, well water treatment systems, and how to improve the quality of your well water. In today's episode, we're going to cover the basics on how to remove iron and manganese from well water. I have a popular guide. uh, It's called the Complete Guide to Iron Treatment, How to Treat Iron, Manganese, and Odor in Well Water. This is an easy to follow guide that has handy checklists, useful information. Uh, I think it's about 40 pages long, I forget. But anyway, it's, it's got a lot of really great stuff. It's broken down into very basic uh, information, pictures, and so it's it's a good thing to, to review. I'm offering, I have sold it in the past, but I'm offering it free to listeners of this podcast. And if you want to get your guide, just text the words iron filter, actually the word iron filter, all one word, to 44222, or you can... Go to the website, cleanwaterstore.com slash podcast and look for episode five and get it that way. So items we're going to cover today. Well, we're going to go over what type of iron do I have in my water? What is my well water chemistry? Mostly non-technical, basic cover of what's involved with the water chemistry. And what's the source of the iron or odor? What's the flow rate I have available? gallons per minute for my well pump or booster pump in order to size an iron filter if I ended up needing one. And also we'll cover the basic types of iron treatment systems out there, what's available and how they work. With iron and manganese, the first step to learn how to remove iron or manganese odor from the water is to understand a little bit about where iron comes from and the different types of iron found in well water. Iron itself is an element, it's a very plentiful resource makes up at least 5% of the Earth's crust, so that's one reason it's very common in groundwater. In well water, you generally find iron in a dissolved state. So in other words, it's clear. The water looks clear, may taste terrible, full of iron, but it's, it's clear. So that's when you first draw it from the tap, so it hasn't been exposed to air, pretty much, it's, so it's clear. That's a very common, usually how you find it, but sometimes it comes out of the ground rusty too. It just depends on the situation. But the maximum level of iron recommended in water is 0.3 parts per million. Another way of saying it, 0.3 milligrams per liter. So if you have 0.3 milligrams per liter or less, generally it's not going to cause a big problem might notice a little bit here or there, but it's not a big problem. But when it gets above 0.3, it's 0.4, 0.6, or one part or higher, then all of a sudden you've got problems with staining fixtures, staining laundry, it can stain your hair, it can stain all kinds of things. So basically you want to try to reduce the iron to 0.3 or less. Manganese is another metal that leaves stains. Instead of rust stains like iron, it leaves a brown or tea color stain. It also has a bitter taste. Some say it 
kind of reminds of asphalt or petroleum type taste, but or smell, but it's um very low levels of that can cause a problem. Zero point zero oh five milligrams per liter is this is the maximum for that. So even if you have zero point one of manganese, that's a lot of manganese. That's twice the level of what's recommended, and you will see some staining. The water may also have a metallic taste and offensive odor to it. With uh, iron, you can get water system piping and fixtures become restricted or clogged. Appliances such as water heaters, dishwasher can be plugged with rust and sediment. Iron and manganese also gives water a disagreeable taste, like a, a metallic taste. Combining with tea or coffee, it can produce a, a weird flavor. So when you're trying to figure out, okay, I'm pretty sure I've got iron mang manganese. What do I do? Okay. So the first step you want to f find out is what form is it in? I mean, what type of iron do I have? How is it, how is it found in the water? What is my well water chemistry? Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about that previous episode, but basically underwater testing, but you want to know a basic general mineral analysis of your water. You want to know what the pH is. You want to know how much iron, how much manganese. Also, you want to know what the source of the iron is. You think that that's obviously the source is from the ground, but not always. Uh, sometimes the water coming right out of the ground will have no iron in it, but maybe the water's acidic. Maybe it's a little corrosive and you have some iron pipe. Even if you, you don't have iron pipe in your house, maybe you have an iron pipe nipple somewhere or maybe the pressure tank is corroding and it's adding iron into the water. So you want to isolate, figure out, okay, what is the iron level in my well water? And if it's coming out of the ground with iron in it, then you know that's the problem right there. And then what is the flow rate I have available in gallons per minute? We talked about that already in a in previous episode about how what type of um, system you have will dictate how many gallons per minute you have available. So you want to know, do I have, what size system I, am I going to get is going to be dependent on how many gallons a minute I have coming from my well. Bigger isn't always better. So getting back to the types of iron, there's really four main types of iron. You can almost call them our conditions in which iron is found in the well water. The most common one, soluble clear water iron ferrous iron so-called where it's 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 in a state where it's dissolved you have your insoluble oxidized iron then it looks like rust red water iron they call it so that is a type of ferric iron that's been exposed to oxygen already and it's turned into rust and then you have organic iron where the iron is in a complex formed with it's in a compound that is complex with different types of organic material like uh, humic acids, tannins. Usually you get that from, um, it's naturally occurring in groundwater, but it's some from somewhere. The decaying matter came from it somewhere. And then you have iron bacteria. So we'll go over those quickly, step one by one. Clear water iron, like we said, it's, it's water that it, when you pull it out of the ground, it's clear, and then it turns to rust. Now, this exposure to air can happen anywhere or anytime, such as in your toilet, wash machine, or bath. So to determine the type of iron, one way you can do is, is fill a clean, white, five-gallon bucket. If water's crystal clear, you have primarily ferrous iron. For this type of, of uh, system, we, 
we want to use an oxidizing iron filter. We'll talk about that a little bit later, in a, such as the Proox or other manganese dioxide iron filter to turn the dissolved iron to a rust form where it's then filtered out by the iron filter. And then it gets backwashed out, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But red water iron is the next one, known as ferric iron or rust. This is iron that's been exposed to some oxidation already is no longer dissolved in the water. This, again, we'd use an, an oxidizing iron filter. If, if you had water coming from, say, a lake, or it's coming from a storage tank where 100% of the iron was ferric iron, which you hardly never see that, but if you were, say, you had a weird situation where filtering water from a lake, we've had that where groundwater is filling lakes, it's full of rust, and a lot of customers in Texas and other areas where there's lake water with a lot of iron in it, it's all uh, oxidized. Then you could use a sand filter or some kind of mechanical filter that's not a oxidizing iron filter, such as the Proox or other kind of manganese dioxide iron filters. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Again, this is all covered in, in the guide with pictures and charts too. So you don't have to necessarily remember this or take notes. But the organic next one is organic iron. Some waters contain high levels of tannins, which can enter the well water from the surface. Materials such as organic leaves, grasses, and other plant materials cause these tannins, humic acids, and these organic compounds can bind with the iron. For this, you need some way to break those uh, bounds. And so usually we use chlorine bleach, or peroxide, or ozone gas with sufficient contact time. And sometimes if it's really bad, you need other water treatment chemicals too. But this this is what you can, you can figure it out based on testing how, how bad the organic iron is. But essentially, with that, usually you're looking at a chlorination system. That's the lowest cost way to go. You can use ozone too, much higher cost. But that that's there is a way to deal with the organic iron. Then there's iron bacteria. Iron bacteria is a general term used to describe various species of bacteria that use iron to live and grow. So these 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 iron bacteria. Uh, live and grow and die on the iron and create slimy messes inside the pipes. And this can, these, these this stringy material, you can often see it in the toilet tank, the flush tank. If you have like a stringy material growing out from the sides of the flush tank, then you know you've, you've probably got iron bacteria. This one, again, the best way to go is to use chlorine bleach. And you can, you can get a chlorinator and then run it through the iron filter and then run it through a carbon filter so you don't have any chlorine residual in the home. But that, that's a good way to do it. So that, that's like a, a, a quick summary. But first step to do to figure out what you've got going on is to do a water test. So water test is important to know which type of iron filter to use and if your water is acidic or not. Tests should include alkalinity, hardness, iron, manganese, pH, dissolved solids. You Test for hydrogen sulfide as well. If you have a rotten egg odor, if the water has a tea color to it or yellowish clear color to it, then we do a tannin test as well. And if the source of your water is public water system and you're experiencing iron-related problems, say you're on a community system but you've, you're getting rust, the first step is to contact the, your water utility, see what they recommend. But usually you can put an iron filter still right at the house because that water has been usually been chlorinated first. So an iron filter works really well, especially a manganese dioxide iron filter to remove the uh, rust as it comes into the house. 
So the the other thing to do is an inspection to to do to do a physical inspection and again test your well water. We covered this in episodes four and also in episode two. And basically, what you're doing is you're doing your toilet tank inspection. You're checking for odors. You're checking for pipe corrosion and buildup. And also, you're identifying your pipe size. It's useful to know the size of your incoming pipe. For instance, say you want to install an iron filter for your home. You, you might want to get one three quarter, one inch, or maybe you have a large home with larger diameter pipe. Then you might want to get a commercial iron filter. So it's good to know what size pipe you have. It's very easy to find that out. Okay, so what, what, what kind of system works the best? Well, for the most part, what we're talking about are iron filters that oxidize the dissolved ferrous iron in the water and turn it into an insoluble particle. In other words, it's clear, it's in the water, now you're going to oxidize it and turn it into a little particle that the, can get trapped in the iron filter media. And then once a week or twice a week, depending on how much water you use, the water will, the iron filter will turn on and backwash that water out, clean the filter media, and all the rust and sludgy stuff will get backwashed out to drain. Usually to your septic tank, which doesn't hurt it, or you can put it in a separate um, drain field or or run it into a pit or whatever, whatever. The, the backwash is a whole separate subject, but it depends on your local codes. Most people do run it in the septic tank, doesn't hurt it a bit, but some areas they don't, they, they don't allow that. But anyway, the, the, that's the basic concept. You've got some kind of iron filter that, and it's usually related to manganese dioxide, which is a powerful oxidizer that has become a favorite for iron removal. And these... These oxidizing iron filters are usually used with either some kind of aeration, potassium permanganate, which is a powerful oxidizer. It's a purple powder or granular material, or chlorine, like bleach, or ozone, which is a gas, to aid the filter medium oxidizing the iron. Some brands, common brands are Phylox, Proox, Pyrolox. There's different brands. Uh, we haven't sell Proox, but they're they're basically the the Proox, Phylox, and Pyrolox are are basically pure, are relatively pure manganese dioxide. It's not a coated media, so that's as compared to the another kind of uh, manganese dioxide media, which is green sand, and then there's other types of brands. Clack makes their berm, and basically what it is that it's a it's a type of uh, filter media. Instead of being solid manganese dioxide, they just they take a thin coating of it and coat some less expensive media and also some lighter media. And that's the advantage of the coated ones is that they're lighter. So it, it takes less backwash water to backwash them. And, um, but generally, you know, you ask different water pe treatment people different things, but we found works best for our customers and mainly lasts the longest is the solid manganese dioxide media. As long as it's set up correctly, it's backwashing correctly, it's backwashing at the right flow rate, those generally work better. They're more powerful than the coated ones. Instead of having 1% manganese dioxide or 10% manganese dioxide, they're 100%. And the, at least the, the kind that we use, the products, it's very porous. So not only you don't get just the outside of the grain, like with um, 
like the, the coated media, you're getting just the outside of the little grain is doing the, the oxidizing. But with the prox, the, the entire grain is is creating the reaction. So it's it's very powerful. What this translates is you get a higher flow rate with a much smaller filter. So it's kind of a trade-off. You can get a smaller filter and you actually get better performance than a bigger coated. That's what we found. People have different opinions. We sell both. Some people still want green sand or berm or other coated ones. We have other coated media as well. But our best one, people most happy with, is the Prox. But anyway, so that's that's the basic concept. So the basic concept is the same. You've got a manganese dioxide filter, and you've got some kind of aeration happening or chlorination or ozone ahead of it. And then the that gives just a little bit of dissolved oxygen in the water or a little bit of oxidizing power so that your so that the media works really well. Now the prox media, it actually can work if the pH is between seven and eight and um, under under a, certain conditions, which is actually very common conditions, they'll work without any kind of aeration. They they'll they'll just work on their own because there's a tiny bit of dissolved oxygen in the water. So this catalytic reaction happens and the iron and manganese is removed. So they can work, but generally the air they work better with a little bit of air. So what we used to use many years ago was a an inline air injector to suck in air. And so when the well pump turned on, this injector, which is a Venturi actually, would create a little bit of pressure drop and suck in air. And those work fine. But the problem is the air injectors themselves, because all the water is running through them, they get plugged up. So the old McLean... The other brands too that use these, um, Terminator. There's different different brands that, that use these types. The inline air injector, they still work fine, and they can be rebuilt if if you happen to be listening to have an old one. Uh, but generally, people try to get away from. There is some pressure drop through the air injector, and you've got more, a little more maintenance than the type. The next type I'm talking about, which is what we call an air charging type. So what that means is that. The backwash control valve, which sits on top of the tank of your iron filter tank, that sucks in air when it backwashes, or in the kind that we use, it can suck in air independent of the backwash. But essentially, what it's doing is it's creating a head of air at the top of the tank. So, the top of the filter tank, instead of being filled all the way top with water, there's about 12 to 16 inches of air. And so, there has oxygen in it, of course. So when the water flows into the tank, it flows into the top and it gets exposed to that air. And that just little bit of exposure is all it takes to have enough dissolved oxygen for the, the catalytic media to really work great. So the air charging type is one we recommend the most. It's the least maintenance. There is maintenance to them. You've got a um, there's some maintenance to the air injector that's sucking in the air. So every year or so, you have to replace or cl clean some parts in the control valve. But they're pretty easy to take apart. doesn't take m much time. It's very quick. And that can be – so that's a lower maintenance, probably the lowest maintenance type out there. And so as opposed to the air injection type or other kinds. So if you've got just iron or iron with a little bit of manganese, low manganese, say 0.2 or less – then a standard air charging filter will work fine. If you have a problem where you have iron, manganese, and sulfur odor, 
the air charging type will still work fine, but once you get over a certain level, if you have really severe hydrogen sulfide, it's very high, say over five parts per million, yeah, say six, eight, 10 parts per million, if it's really strong, really terrible, then you're better off, you can still use the air charge type, but you're better off chlorinating ahead of it. You could use ozone too, but ozone costs an ordinate amount more expensive than because you're injecting a gas into the water and it's quite a bit more expensive. You can't use it uh, very well in the air charger type. So uh, the ozone gas, very corrosive. It works great. We've used ozone. We have a lot of customers with ozone. We've used it for many years. But the uh, simplest system we found for most residential applications for homeowners is a chlorinator. Chlorinators are easy to deal with. You're just adding chlorine bleach to it so it's low cost. The equipment up front is much lower cost than the ozone system. You're getting disinfection, killing the iron bacteria if you have any iron. It oxidizes the odor and it's cheap to remove. So in other words, you can inject the chlorine, run it through the iron filter, the water coming out is clean, might have a little bit of chlorine residual left in it. At that point, you can put on a, have a carbon filter so the water in your house is not only clean and disinfected, but there's no chlorine residual. So that's one option to go, especially if you have iron bacteria or you have high levels of manganese or hydrogen sulfide present. We recommend chlorine injection or ozone injection. The last kind is another type of air system that's very effective is air compressor system. So you're actually using a blower, an air pump, to pump in air. So you have that you have a separate tank. You have two tanks, and the first tank is just dedicated to the air. And every time the well pump turns on, or it can be set up on a timer, but it's often set up so that when the well pump turns on, the air compressor turns on and puts in fresh air, blasts the first tank with air. So when the water's flowing into that tank, it gets a higher level of air than the standalone air charger tank. That works good if you absolutely don't want any chlorine and you've got, you want to use it for higher levels of hydrogen sulfide or uh, uh, manganese. Uh, but generally, the chlorination works better. The, the problem with the air compressor systems is that you're putting a lot of air in the water. Even though you're, it's gassing off too, you can end up getting where you, when you first draw the water in the glass, the water may appear white because it's got so much air in it, but then it, it quickly leaves the water. But that generally it would be um, dissipated by the time it gets in the house, but it can, it can be, that can be one slight issue. Most people don't mind it, but that's something that, that like a disadvantage of the air compressor type. But we do have a lot of customers using the air compressor types. That works really well. But generally the st single standalone iron filter with an air charging type where it keeps a head of air in it is the best way to go. The other thing to look at, to keep in mind, is the pH of the water. If your water is acidic, if it's less than, say, 6.8 for sure, then you want to neutralize the pH before it gets to the iron filter. We also have tanks where the, the there's some calcite, which is a uh, natural mineral to neutralize and raise the pH and get rid of the acid water. That can go in the same tank with the iron filter media, but since there's only a small amount in it, you end up having to add the calcite more frequently. So it's better to get a separate standalone tank if you can do it. Then you're only talking once a year. That's it. you got to unscrew the plug on top and pour more 
fill it up back up to the two-thirds level with uh, calcite. So there's pH to think about as well. This all comes out in the general mineral analysis. And also, who's ever doing your water test? Like I know if, when we do it, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll explain what the different parameters are, like the pH, how the pH and iron and manganese levels affect what decision you make on what type of system to get. Okay, well, that, that covers the, the, the basic uh, overview of iron and manganese treatment. And next week or next episode, we're going to talk about how to eliminate odors from well water. I hope you found this information helpful and it's covered in a lot more uh, in-depth with pictures and things in our guide, how to treat uh, iron manganese odors in well water. And if you want to get your guide, Again, just text the word iron filter, all one word, to 44222. Or you can go to the cleanwaterstore.com slash podcast website and look for episode five and find it in there. Well, hope you enjoyed it. And thanks again for listening.